All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Strongman Winter Circle podcast, episode 29. I'm Nicholas Camby with my co-host, Anthony Furman. And today's guest is the founder and co-owner of Giants Live, co-owner of Official Strongman, tournament director of World Strongest Man, former Olympian and World Strongest Man competitor, Colin Bryce. Welcome to the show. Wow. Woo! He sounds great. <laughs> wow. We have the man here, the man that has been the sport of straw man for 30 years now. I mean, you, you've been, you've been, yeah. I mean, you've been in there, in there up at that level 30 years now. Wow. Yeah. 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 I really have been. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've seen, seen them all since uh, John, I knew John Paul Sigmundson. So there you go. It's a real honor, you know, because guys, guys like you up until recently, you're kind of like an enigma. It's like everyone kind of knew of you, but no one knew you. But with this kind of access that we have with social media and all this stuff now, people are starting to get to know you a little bit. So thank you for coming on. I know it's not the most comfortable thing coming on a podcast like this and just kind of don't know what we're going to do. So I appreciate it a lot. It's just you know. my pleasure, guys. You know, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I, I was always very quite private and, and I and I I also do you know what everything I've ever done is really once I stop being an athlete is for the athletes to make their profile big there's no point in, in you know it's, anyway cool. no, no I to- totally let's get it, it man. <laughs> well, actually, you guys are interested in the nuts and bolts so I'm happy to tell that's it. a perfect no, segue actually because you are you have been an athlete and around athletes most of your life um mm. we, we talk about your your personal accomplishments i mean you made it to the olympics so like that's a full that's a full stop right there for me for when you're talking about a pedigree of an athlete you know, so anyone that can make it to the olympics knows what it takes to win knows what it takes to be an athlete knows what it takes to surround an athlete with the winning kind of mentality so a little bit how did your experience as an athlete and olympian kind of translate to how you presented the sport of strawman and tried to change the sport of strawman uh, by the way, I'm, I'm turning a fan on and off here occasionally. It's about it's about 100 degrees in London right now, and we're not set up for it. <laughs> There's no. What's that, cool what's that like? Four, 40 degrees Celsius? Yeah, yeah, no, 37 something. Yeah, yeah, it's Close. hotter than hotter than heck. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, um, yeah. So, well, <laughs> I just suddenly lost my train of thought there. Yeah. Um, how was how was uh, what was the uh, sort of the crux of the question? Oh, all right, so Olympian Olympic athlete, you know, very successful. Mm, yes. You spend your life around sports. How did how did at the, how did participating at that level kind of when you came into the sport of strongman with that perspective from the outside? How did that change how you were going to present the sport once you kind of realized what you had? Wow, that's a, that's a very 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 good question. <laughs> Can I come back in an hour with the answers to that one? Uh, yeah, I mean. I guess my background was hiding games, first and foremost. Um, I would say I, I did some amateur athletics as well, but that was, I, I, I'm sort of watching how things roll out. And I, you know, having maybe not been the greatest sportsman in the world, but very determined, I managed to drive myself on in four or five different sports. So I had quite, a, I have quite an eclectic view of how things happen. Um, and I would say, actually, of all of the sort of other sports besides strongman that I came across, you know, Highland Games was the one that was best at really making a show of things, pageantry, working the crowd. People understand how to work the crowd at the Highland Games. And, you know, it's a natural order that you'll have you're basically the best caber tosser comes last, at least in the Highland Games with Doug Edmonds that I used to do. And that would be, you know, you're, you're working it. Someone nearly gets it over. Oh, someone finally gets it over. The crowd roars. Funny, 
how that happens you know so it's just you sort of learn little tricks and you know parades on and out and and then you know i went and did um uh you know i did bobsleigh at the olympics and that again was a very much an Olympic sport, very much an amateur sport. Which God, I have to turn the fan on again. It's so hot in here. And hope, hope it doesn't make too much noise. Nope, you're good. Good, good. Uh, Leave yeah, that fan I mean, on. I, I, I mean, Bob State, you know, actually, to be honest, what Bob State taught me was I got to do a lot of television commentary because of it. Yeah. Because I was good enough to make the team, but I was also horrifically injury prone. As as because you either come from heavy sports, which is rare, or you come from sprinting. And when you're really heavy, sprinting a lot on hard ice, which is concrete, in tiny little spike shoes, you just you just start to break down. You know, it's just a funny enough crashes as well. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that to you. So you know, you just I, I spent a lot of time injured, and I got to commentate out of the commentary booth. So I learned all about television and how it worked from '99 onwards. Literally, I did the Junior World Championships. And then I was into the commentary box. Uh, so, and that was, that was great. You know, really understanding what actually the product was that went on television. Well, and, yeah. but, and in 96, I'd already started working on the production of World's Strongest Man. And that, again, was like, back then, it was like a Cecil B. DeMille movie. It, was, it lasted weeks. There was almost untold volumes of budget, uh, which wasn't necessarily a good thing. Um, but, it, 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 yeah, it got spent. Um, and you went to some great places. But yeah, so I had lots of different experiences. Uh, but as a, yeah, I'll have to go back. Yeah, I, I, we'll stop there for that one. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, I, I think that's a, that's a wonderful answer because you, I mean, look, look, so you took what you learned from competing in Highland Games. You saw how to interact with a crowd and you saw Strawman didn't have that. So you brought that piece. And then I'll tell you, personally, me, I was introduced to you as a commentator before I had any idea that you ran or owned anything uh, or the earlier strong world strongest man's when you were commentating your voice. Mm. I like, I, when I first met you, I was like, Oh shit. I got know that guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, you tend to put, and it, there he goes, you know, it's, it's obviously the commentary voice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's really cool. Tortoise on the hair, you know, you kind of you put ridiculous over the top voice on to, um, <laughs> Especially when I was the referee at Worlds, because then yeah. I used to, hey, the referee got the call there, and then I have to put on a different voice to referee. But yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 it's, it's cool to see because, like, you, you can definitely see those elements in the Giants Live productions now, which, you know, I could say that, again, I've been watching Giants Live now for since I've been in the sport over a decade. And just within the past decade, the difference, you could, you know what I mean? The difference between the shows a decade ago and now is just night and day. So you could definitely see where you're putting your infrastructure and money into. And it is that entertainment aspect. I think that's, that is why giant has grown the way it has. Um, so, I mean, you, 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 you've done some promoting. Uh, yeah. Very good promoting. Some of, some of the best that the U S has had recently, I thought I'd say. Um, oh, well, and... thank you. No, it's praise I, where praise I you so far, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, it's, it's a thankless task promoting you know very often i uh yeah. i agree with you colin i'm on team Colin with that the promoting is thankless <laughs> but that's okay because it takes certain people to be able to do that it, it takes an even even different you know a, a, a different character yet who actually stays the distance that that's the thing you know that's the hard there's, thing there's a, that's the real hard thing too you've got to really have the love for it uh, and and you gotta know no better. You just gotta, you know, just gotta go back in. You know, something like not everyone like Bobsleigh, 
because not everyone was dumb enough to jump in the back of a sled that was about to kill you every single time. Right. Somehow I forgot every time until I got back in it and went, oh, God, this is awful. And, and this, you know, promoting is a bit like that. You know, it's almost you that, want, devil, that devil upgrade. may care attitude. You really have to have that kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, what it is. You've got to be willing to, 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 to put on, you've got to you throw a party, you know, and that's it. You've you got to make sure it's a, fucking, a great party, you know, and, it, and everyone gets, you know, the very best. Yep. Also, you've got to pull it off, you know. Don't don't ever. I think in 120 events or something, I think I've never bar one. If it all happened, bar one has not made a, a television production from. It. That's it. That's so. a pretty good track record, right there. I'd say mm-hmm. that's pretty good. So actually, so you know, as we talk about into today's Giants Lab, that kind of brings into the other thing I want to talk to you about is you've been involved with in the different eras in the sport since you said since John Paul. I mean, you've seen the different athletes, the different events, selections, the different size of athletes, the different, you know, it, it almost like it comes in shifts. Now, one thing that I've noticed is I would say, I would say generally, I'll just give a broad 2010 to 2020, I would say was the era of Giants. I mean, that's truly, I mean, that's like Jurassic Park, right? They're walking amongst us type thing. It truly was. And now we're, I don't want to say we're seeing a shift towards smaller athletes because they're not small people. They're still three over 300 pounds, but it seems like we don't have the giants that we had. Now, my question to you is twofold. One, were you, when you shifted towards the heavier events, um, mm. heavier, heavier stuff, were you just kind of playing with the tools given to you because you had these amazing, massive monsters? And you're like, I have to, we have to raise the weights to get these guys competitive mm. or else they'll mm. be too easy for them or mm. did you craft that and they kind of got big because they had to mm. honestly i i would absolutely love to pretend that was some sort of mastermind trick <laughs> but in reality i think a little bit like andre the giant sometimes there is just one andre the giant and we're still waiting for the next one yeah. um you know recently we've been gifted a match <laughs> God gave us a, a man called Thor. Yeah. He was a giant. Yeah, it's not a bad start, you know. And he, and and then you know, he gave us a, a basketball player in Brian Shaw, who who had unbelievable potential, you know. And uh, you know, again, six foot eight and whatnot. Um, and you know, Sophisticus took a long time to almost manufacture himself into being just about the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think. Um, I mean, there's lots of guys out there who are probably between 6'6 six, six and 6'9 six, who could, if they were willing to absolutely go for it, um, you know, bulk themselves up to 400 pounds. Whether they'd ever be anything like, um, you know, the guys we've had, I don't know. But they are becoming more frequent. And it's funny how, yeah. you know, the luckier we get, the harder we work. You know, that old saying, you know, you know, back in the day, I'll be honest, the biggest actual really think about shift that ever happened. And this, this might even sound a little xenophobic, but it wasn't. It was it was in backlash to IFSA. When IFSA left in 04 and pulled the rug out from under World's Strongest Man's feet and I got asked to come in, I, uh, if you like, um, you know, uh, what's, what's the term when someone does uh, positive discrimination? There you go. I actively went out and found Americans. 
Oh, you were, one, you were just talent. That's up. talent hunting, right? That you're hunting for talent. That's all that was. I know. I know. I, know. I, I, I shouldn't have. I've sold myself a, 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 a dummy there, really. I, I, yeah, no. <laughs> I that, was talent hunting in the yeah, US. That's so all that exactly is. That's what I did. Yeah. Who yeah, were the yeah. Americans? Was that like Poundstone? Um, you had probably Kevin Nee when he was probably young at the time when he was coming up. Mm. Uh, you kept you kept Phil Fisher that 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 divorce too, right? Phil Fisher went with you. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. 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 I. I, I there's quite a funny line really from the guy who's the head head cheese. Uh, oh, yeah, he's leaving. But um, so I probably can say it now. Uh, in, in 2004, when he said to me, "Colin, can you, are you involved in this IFSA thing? Because if you are, out of here." And this is, this is working on another job, uh, superstars. And I said, "No, I'm not. I promise you, they, they didn't want me. Uh, I was. I do have a tour with them called Super Series that Odd and I." Wolf Benson ran. Mohican Sun, we, right? That's a Mohican Sun was part of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I thought I was with them from 02. And, and and we but we they didn't want us. They they were, you know, so we said screw you because we were gonna stay loyal to to, to World's Strongest Man, or actually to be more exact, we I then got World's Strongest Man uh qualifying tour rights for that tour as if they pulled away. Yeah. Uh but yeah, basically this guy said, Can you find me 25 fat guys down the pub who look the part? <laughs> I said to him, I can do a lot better than that. Don't worry about that. He said, because either that or we are absolutely F-U-C-K'd and this is over because we don't know where to find strongmen, Colin. They've taken, according to them, they have the top 50 in the world signed and gone. And I looked at the lineup of guys. I thought, do you know what? A lot of the sort of, you know, guys like Magnus Samuelson, these guys, they've kind of passed it. And actually it was a huge Eastern European roster which actually wasn't going to do the prod- the production as much good, as much good. Uh, so we really focused on Britain, America, Canada, yeah. the, the Nordics. And um, with it came came a, a, a whole stream of guys. As you said, Kevin Nee, um, Dave Ostland. Uh, he was, he was you know, there or thereabouts for ages. Uh, Brian Shaw came through to the front of the first Venice Beach shows that we were doing. And there was one man, there was one man who did not go with us, sir, which really made a difference, Marius Pudzianowski. The dominator. Yeah, man. And he, um, yeah, he had been done. We don't need to go into that, that side of the story, but he came with us, and that was rather nice. But there was then an arms race. Yeah. They, everything we did, they did heavier. <laughs> so we go heavier again. So they go heavier oh, again. Interesting. All it right. was a massive arms race. And then, the, of course, the Arnolds all the time was screaming, we're even heavier. Right? <laughs> so we must go heavier. And that's how it got to the point of ridiculous. 1,500-pound yokes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it was, yeah. But then by the time they died out in kind of, oh, whatever, oh, nine, everyone shifted across and it was really, it was open seat. Yeah. We had never stopped anyone, might I add. It was ifs to stopping that. Anyway, so they could come and go as they please. Oh, oh I, want, I want to how everyone, you heard it here. World's Strongest Man never stopped anybody from competing anywhere else. Book closed. That's, that's, that is true. It's a genuine. Just genuine, good. yeah. Good. good. And that's good. And that's, and that's what 100% what the sport needs to be. 100%. Yeah. You, you win. You win by, in life, I think you win by excellence, not, not by negative attitude. If you, if you go around yes, attacking others, then, then you are... You know, I, I, I think that's why it's most the people like the UFC are under a lot of criticism because they, they, they yes, they win by excellence, among, easily anyway, 
but actually in some ways, you know, I knew, I know they're pretty harsh on contracts and stuff, you know, but um, yeah. Yeah, I guess they have to be. It's a different, it's a bit of a different thing. And we don't have enough money to keep people in, the, in with us, so there's no point in doing it. Yes, we do do retainers before anyone says any comments. Yes, occasionally we do, because we have to have guys, you know, if we've got guys to promote shows. You know, Anthony, if, you, if I was coming, where, where, where do you live anyway? I live in Nashville. Nashville. Is that where you, you Okay. Wherever you're most, you know, well-known. We got yeah. to, up to New Jersey with, with Nicholas, you know. Uh, uh, you know wherever, uh, uh, whatever. We go to Atlantic City. And then, you know, I need a star. He's my local star. You know, you've got to... If I'm asking him to do five days of going in and doing news things and this and that, listen, let's just agree a fee, bang, and that's it, done. And, and that's it. You need people to commit to the show. Anyway. I love it. Yeah, no, I love that. I love I've that ahead five questions, yeah. man. Sorry. <laughs> So, so, so for everyone at home, here's, here's what we just gleaned from that. That massive spike you saw in size and strength of competitors in the mid-2000s is due to the arms race of the ISFA World's Arnold's in the early 2000s. We saw that manifest in 2010 and beyond because the athletes were trying to catch up and one-up each other. And by the time they hit their peak, it was another level of the sport. I think Pretty. you can also yeah. say that uh, really quickly, <laughs> Colin, that Colin had a big hand in, in turning the American scene to what it is. Yeah. I think all that recruiting – getting the Americans involved, getting the Americans popular, I think that really helped to see what the American scene today, because I think there was probably a little lag from when the first, when the first Americans started popping out um, back in like the late seventies and eighties, and then, um, and then ramping up in the 2000s. So, so Colin, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for yeah, your efforts yeah. in America. That's something I did not know. So I, I mean, truly, I mean <laughs> Colin's like, shoot. Yeah. Oh, no, I, no, I mean, you know, hey, Dion and Willie and lo- loads of people, you know, have done way more than I have. I guess I just t- targeted at the top. Well, I mean, when, when we're talking, yeah, we're, gone t- through. we're talking about like the world level, you know, of course, the infrastructure yeah. that Dion and Willie set up. I mean, that helped manifest mm-hmm. the growth of the sport internally. But again, you know, having people plucked out to be put on television is well, just a totally different ballgame. Right. You, I mean, well, you have like the gold standard. Right. And then like, for instance, that which you helped. And then you have Willie and Dion helping that make that road to get there. Yeah. Right, in the U.S. path. But you got to you got to have an end sight and goal when you start, I guess, when you start the, that journey. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Yeah. I, so, 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 so we never all met up in the middle somewhere, but uh, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> hey, you know, business it, is business. Business mm. is business, and you know, I think I think as we grow, as society grows, we all kind of learn from our mistakes in the past. So hopefully, in the mm. future, we can all start working together a lot better. Yes, that would be great. That would be that's, so, that's, that's all. One, one comment I want to make because again. You know, you, for better or worse at this point, Colin, you are intrinsically linked with Eddie Hall. You're basically his spouse. I mean, every, when everyone thinks Eddie Hall, they think Colin Bryce, right? And it may Is be starting. Really? I think so. I think it's a big, I think it's, <laughs> uh, the, the documentary was a big part of it. I think the Eddie documentary on, uh, that went out on Netflix and everything. But for better uh, or worse, yeah, 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 yeah. Ed, for better Ed, or worse, Eddie. that's what it seems, right? Now, I only say <laughs> that because I want to say, given all those, we're talking about the Thors, you know, who was born out of a mountain, probably literally just came out of the cave in a mountain. We have the Brian Shaw, we have big Z, we, ha- you know, we have all these guys. And then you have Eddie who should not have been what he was and had the willpower to do what he did like him or not. You watch some of the shit from the mid 2010s. It was some of the most impressive stuff I've ever seen out of a human being. So I just want to say that Thank you for believing in him to give us that entertainment. Because I don't know if we're at where we're at today without Eddie Hall, the way he was pushing people. Because I tell you what, I know one thing, you know, guys like Brian and Thor, they weren't, they weren't about to let some fucking six foot one guy come and make them look bad. So he pushed them. 
as well. So I, I do think that what you guys did with Eddie in general really did help the sport. For better word, whatever people say, that's a fact, I believe. So I want to get that out. Do, do, do you want to know a story from, from Ed? Sure. First time I saw Eddie compete, he was he actually had, he was he, he was winning UK's strongest man on television. And Glenn Ross and I, we hadn't spoken in some time. This is like 2011 or something. And um, he sent me a text. Oh, what's this? And listen, I'm pals with Glenn now. We ch- text, you know, and all that. So it's all good. But it said, it said, huh, what do you think of my guy then, huh? And, I, and obviously I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I knew fine well this show was on TV. I wasn't watching it. I went and turned it on. And obviously I sent him a message back saying, you know, what channel is it on again? How far down do I have to go to find it? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, he was well pissed with that. Oh, you know, you know, fine well what it's to do, whatever. And there was Eddie Hall. There's the X factor. I just looked at him and he was screaming and shouting. It was as if he was, he was just born. It was, it was like a, you know, Muhammad Ali. I am the greatest. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and it suited this, this guy, this animal. Um, and he just seemed to do what he said. And by the end of that phone call, I said, hey, Glenn, any chance I can get his number? You, you know, get his number. I thought, well, why did you send, why did you tell me about it then? But by that night, I had Eddie on the phone and he was coming to Australia with me um, for a show the following week, I think. And, and I, I just, do you know what I loved about Ed? He was so willing to go the extra mile in anything. And he listens, he was very, very, very bright. And, and we were not, when he came in, we were not, and we'd done some arenas and things were going well, but, but Ed was just, uh, he was, he, he, even in defeat, he, he would always put on a hell of a show, yeah. you know, and he always had ridiculous aspirations. And, uh, but, you know, combine that, you know, you've got a kind of a nice balance then between Hapthor in particular, he used to do a lot of shows. Um, Brian Shaw would be, you know, he, he was obviously, Brian early on adapted the sort of bodybuilder one or two shows a year kind of thing. And that's all I'll do. Yeah. So he, you know, we didn't, I didn't get to use Brian as much as I'd have liked, but I think probably last shows he did was maybe 2013 or something for us. Um, but, um, you know, other than World's Strongest Man. Right. Where, where it was the Brian and Z era. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, but I mean, Eddie Hall, here's the truth. Eddie and I talk occasionally. It's almost always about a simple business thing uh, to dispel some some bizarre beliefs. You know, Eddie Hall and Colin Bryce went into business. Yes, that is correct. Official Strongman started in 2015, maybe, I think. 24, well, actually earlier. Started in 2012 or 2011, it began. The first big one was 2015 when we went to America. Yeah. And, there. and there's one since then. Eddie loved the idea. He was, he was looking to do work after doing the Giants live shows and World's Strongest Man. He came and approached Darren and I. We said, listen, we need a figurehead. You've, if you've got lots of enthusiasm, brilliant. You're on board. Oh, and your brother is also a very good accountant and well, great. Here you go. Let's get on with it. You know, I don't know. There's just so much work to do to do yes. these big pro contests. That he, and he was willing and keen again. Ed, Ed's, Ed's not scared of hard work. And um, you know, probably had I known you better or, or Nicholas and you had time, you, you probably wouldn't have had time. That's the thing. So he was the perfect position to have time to do something. And I think he has helped boost it a lot. Yeah. I think official strongman's gone up enormously with that sort of figurehead kind of, you know, Eddie Hall backing it. But Ed and I 
we're not bosom buddies and never have been. And that's the truth. Oh. Ed is, Ed's, um, I mean, he's, he's a beast. He's a beast and he, he is a magnificent character. But, um, yeah, I think, you know. I think, I think it's, a, I think personally, it's a simple case of you facilitated him and he answered the call every time. So it was just essentially what every you do for time. all the athletes. If you will show, I'll put it on for you. If, if you're going to show, we'll do it. If you're going to, and he kept showing and he kept getting he kept better show, and kept producing it every yeah. time. He was just the crowd. It was, it was, yeah, he had m- momentum. He's easily the biggest ticket seller there's ever been. And if, again, I, I sort of feel guilty talking about money these days because uh, I don't know, I've sort of been labeled on the internet as corrupt for, for doing business. What? There's no corruption in Strongman. It, it's barely out of its infancy, for God's sake. Don't drag us down to car parks and, and nothingness again. For God's sake, please, you know, that's not you, but others, you know. It, it felt like it's not, I know what you're saying. No, I we agree. need to stick together. We need, yeah. to, we need to talk. We need to make things happen. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think up until this point, it's just been like a giant dysfunctional family. Uh, and it's time to go to therapy. <laughs> that's kind of what, you know, it's time. You know, it, I think, to, like you said, to move forward, you can't have, I call it crabs in a bucket. I say straw man is, has a lot of crabs in a bucket mentality. What that is, is when you, it's the science thing. When you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, one of them tries to get out, they all pull them back down. Really? That's a real thing that crabs do. <laughs> and I've seen that a lot in this sport. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get, don't get above your station there, buddy. We're all, yeah. You know, Wait a minute. You know, <laughs> and I, I think Eddie probably got a lot of abuse for that in a way, for being overly ambitious, for feeling ambitious, he got and out of the even bucket, more though. ambitious. He made it know? out of the bucket. He made it out, and he's free and clear of the bucket, though. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he probably, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, I don't speak to Ed that often, but um, I think he, you know, he probably, uh, I think in the long run, that wee bit of humbling from Hapthorpe beating him in a boxing won't do him any harm at all. Because I think Ed was all, sometimes having too much success yeah. can, 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 can be a terrible thing. I'm just thankful yeah. that you have him back involved with Giants Live so he doesn't have time to box anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Ed would have been a good boxer. I think he would have been fine if he hadn't torn his bicep. I mean, he has the athletic – if he would have done it his whole life, I think he would have been a fa- fantastic whatever he did. I think it was just a big ask to get – that good, you know, in that short of time. I think over did the weekend. I, I mean, he over- didn't jab. He, he, all he did was swing a, a swing a right hand because he, yeah. he would twirl his left bicep. Yeah, yeah. How could you go into a fight with no jab? Just, yeah. I think he mentioned over the weekend that he was working on a fight. He said, I think he was saying, on the, I was watching the live stream, uh, I think yesterday, uh, just, the, just the recapping. I think he said he might be he, he sniffing around. So there's something in the works. I'll fight Eddie. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, he, 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 he I, I think he can box a lot better than what we saw. I actually yeah. think he was a wee bit hubristic about his ability. He basically, yeah, he, he thought his, he, you know, he was, his talents were much higher and he could even do it with one arm, basically tied yeah. behind his back against Hapthor. No way, mate. No, Hapthor, yeah. I've never seen Hapthor do anything but be so possessed and you know obsessed as well about things and he he doesn't no stone was left unturned Hapthor yeah. turned up in the supreme condition yeah that Ed, was pr- pretty cool to see like the, yeah because like what i what i saw from my perspective because i have a little bit of fight experience is i did i saw i saw i saw thor who trained and trained and trained and mm. he was the type that was precision and not trying to go for the fences just, just he was just bopping 
Eddie's head around for most of the fight. And then he saw Eddie, who was the Joe, the Joe Frazier type thing, going for that big, mm. that big looping hook, right? Um, mm. And he just got, kind of got picked apart is what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the first anyway, round, he got, he got him a couple of times. And we gave everyone a bit of a, woo Yeah. This is going to be interesting. And yep. then, um, yeah, then half those. All right, so first half of the podcast over. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Eddie and Colin are not best friends. They are good friends. They are friends and they're associates and all that. So internet rumor dispelled here on the Winter Circle podcast. Do you, do you want a fact? Here's a fact for you. Before we ever gave Eddie any retainer money, Hapthor was Hapthor had Hapthor was on a retainer for our Giants Pro products long before anybody else. He was the number one guy. He was Ooh. our flagship guy. That's um, a nice investment. Yeah. That's a good investment. There you now. go. I mean, they, I mean, Hapthor's a good guy. I, I used to he's going really well. Great guy. Here's a here's one for you. And you two are world champions, right? Yeah, sure. Do you ever get a little bit, be honest with yourself, if you lose, was there a reason that was outside of your control that you lost it on? Okay, here's my theory. Here's my theory. There's about four or five men in the world who can maybe win one of these world titles, right? Especially Mm -hmm. with the absolute biggest boys, where the ultimate ego comes in. And I know Brian Shaw looks like the all-American nice guy, but when he's in competition, he will slice you in half like you're not there. And same with Hapthor and same with Eddie. The other, a lot of the other guys aren't quite as ruthless. With that same mentality, those guys cannot lose. They lose for other reasons. Oh, it's not okay. their own ability. It's because of you, Colin Price. <laughs> That's why I lost. You fucked me up somehow. Seriously, do you, uh, if you were honest with yourself now, when, you've, well, how, when was the last time you, you lost, Nicholas? I, uh, my, my last loss, let's say in, in, in America was in 2020 at ASM. Um, I lost that because I, I think I just did a bad job in terms of training the, um, for surfaces. I, I, I misjudged a surface on a dumbbell. So it kept sliding on my back. So that was my fault. But I also miss, I also mistrained an event wrong. So I lost points where I, even if I did the event correctly that day, I didn't train it that way. So it was good, for, good for you for self-honesty, for self-honesty. That's very yeah. impressive. I should be a two have you ever heard time. yourself yeah. saying, have you ever heard yourself saying something different? Like maybe uh, in the heat of the battle, oh, they, they, they didn't tell me that surface. While as the local guy, he got all the knowledge about that surface. Have you ever, you know, you've never I, thought that? I don't think you so. Know what I, mean, I think, I think that us, I think that we don't have the luxury of that because we don't get paid enough ever even for winning so we don't have the luxury of blaming anyone else because we have to fix it no matter what if we, if we want to make if we want to win or make it a living yes so i think yeah. we have a bet we don't have that luxury i think i think it is a luxury to be able to blame others yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah for sure i mean there was there was, there was a sort of a sort of movement from another part of the world about you know treating the athletes well i, I must admit ever since i was on world's strongest man and in my time at giants live I can't ever remember treating anyone without the utmost respect. And it, it, okay, sometimes a, a hotel wasn't the greatest hotel in the world, but they understood. I understood. We all stayed in the same hotel and the same thing. I cried, I've doubled up rooms before back in the day, you know? No, uh, and yeah. that's what you have to do. I mean, my experience as a promoter trying to raise funds, I don't, you know, I don't, obviously I'm, you know, I'm basically where you were 20 years ago starting out all that. And so I have to do talk to the guys. I have to let them know that, Hey, I care, but I can't provide this for you yet. I or, or there's a reason like, you know, I'm doing my best. So I, I mean, that is something where you can't please everyone. 
And sometimes really? the people you don't please make a bigger deal out of it than it should have been. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but, but even even the guys, the guys who um, the guy, there, there, there's actually there was a sort of there is still a sort of a movement of confusion that somehow people aren't treated properly in every single aspect of World's Strongest Man or Giants Live or other shows like they are. You know, what was, what was the one line? I'm not even going to say what it is, but you know, they got a few of the guys to say, "Yeah, we're living the Conor McGregor lifestyle." what drunken fighting and, and lost your mind with your own arrogance you, you know what i mean and and that's <laughs> I, I don't think we need any of that i, th- I love no. the I lo- always loved the, the sort of humility of of the strong man um and and it, there's nothing wrong with them but if you start treating people like superstars they soon become you know <laughs> superstars <laughs> in their own mind <laughs> absolute power corrupts absolutely you know and, and it's the same true with fa- fame is, is the most um powerful um drug in the world the most addictive drug in the world that has terrible consequences at times interesting so perspective get... i like that i like this is a deep this is a deep perspective on that i like that well i ask you this right i mean of course the obvious answer in such a scenario with lots of people listening is i would prefer financial safety over any fame but when you've started to ha- actually have some fame and you've sniffed it you've enjoyed it and when you start to get a real chunk of it but the most miserable people in the world are those because it's a huge dopamine high being loved. It's a yep. feeling of love, yes. which is far better than the feeling of mild safety. <laughs> no, I, I would agree. Money I, see, is. I see people chase that a lot. They chase that. They chase that dopamine high from being loved and known more than putting their efforts into business or making money. You know, which they could if they put the same effort into that. So I agree. I think people, a lot of people, chase that more. A feeling of self worth, or this and that, and that. When that starts to disappear. It can hit you pretty hard, you know, and I think um, at least that's what I've seen. But these guys are, you know, when they're at the top of their game in strongman, there's never been a world's strongest man winner who hasn't lost his mind well, for a short while. Well, here's what here's what I propose to you. So I'm doing I'm actually doing this right now. We have a, a clinical sports psychologist that's going to work with clash athletes moving forward. And I urge John Slad to provide the same thing for these athletes coming up. So they can, they, before they hit that level, they're prepared. They're prepared to accept the fame for a small example, Mitch Hooper, Mitch Hooper right now on a rocket ship, right? He's going to get to the point where it's too much stimulus. He's, he's going to be basking in the, the fame and glory and all that. I think it would really benefit him to have a sports psychologist kind of helping him deal with all that and kind of give him recommendations so he can manage that better as he ascends to the top. So he doesn't lose his mind when he becomes a champion. He, he, Anthony, it was just an, okay, was just an example. You've got, of you've got to sit down. You, he's one man you've got to sit down and have a beer with. He's going to blow you away, mate. He he is. Um, I'm 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 shocked by him every time I see him. He he he. can be so impressed. I tell you, that, that guy is is as mentally impressive as he is physically, if not oh, yeah. far more so. He, Colin, he's a genius. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but who whose call was it once JF Karan got hurt and whose call was it to bring him on? Like, for instance, like who was like, we're going to bring on Mitch Hooper to World's Strongest Man? Who who made that call? Was that your decision? Yeah. So yeah, of course. Ultimately, ultimately, yeah. I mean, especially at such a late. I mean, he was in the list of guys that Magnus, myself and Darren all put together with um, the head of WSM production. That and, was a great. That was a great call because yeah. it's. But it was late. It was a. That was a really late call. So that was really. That was. I think I would always pay the respect. Was phoning the guys around, but I guess ultimately at a really late call. This is the real truth. He was brought in as a reserve. He lasted as a reserve on the list for about a couple of days, and then he was. He went into the show because people were dropping like flies. Um, I did not know 
no, I can't take claim for it being a great call. I did not know how good he was. I, I knew he had done. Four, well, seven, was, five, it was a little bit of a gamble, but it was a, it was a good gamble. Yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't yeah. see we didn't see him the traditional routes. He didn't do the either the small qualifiers. Also, I want to say this. Thank you for um, inviting that uh, man from South America. Um, Manuel Angulo. Manuel, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess his name up. Manuel. So to me, I see that, and what I see is you introduce the sport to hundreds of thousands of people that otherwise would not have known that they could be there. So I think it's a wonderful choice. I understand that he made. He's not Thor. I get it. But let, let, let me let me say one thing. There, there was yeah. some slightly ill ill ill. Well, be careful what I say here. Slightly <laughs> ill researched. Uh, commentary done on him beforehand. Um, and I can tell you, he is a two times South America's strongest man winner. Yep. He is absolutely the strongest man in his home country by some margin. Yep. And he is, you know, he only came to the sport at 36 or something. And we all saw him at official strongman. You know, Eddie the Eagle at the Olympics. Now, I'm not, I'm not likening him to Eddie the Eagle, but he was the best British long, um, you know, bloody ski jumper we had, if you remember him from the Olympics. Okay, he only jumped 50 meters when they were all sky flying 100 meters, but that's the best we had, and he had the bollocks to go do it. And I'm afraid South America, you know, you, there, there was the Brazilian fella for a while. He was quite good. He was almost the standard. But Manuel Angulo, not only that, he's got the toughest face in history. I mean, that guy, is, if Hollywood doesn't snap him up, you know, at, I thought at worst he's going he's gonna to go out there. He's got a hell of a grip, hell of a grip. And, and you know, hopefully he doesn't get Look, injured. The man the was the strongest in his continent. Let him have the, let him have the right let to represent his country and continent. Let him have the right. Well, we can have another – okay, we could have 55 Americans out of the top 30. That's the truth. All right, maybe 10 Brits or something, you know. But it sure gets boring, doesn't it? That's not the – you know – I hate to say it to you, to American podcast, but the World Series isn't really got the world in it. <laughs> hey, hey, we have we have Japanese baseball players and stuff. That <laughs> was the team, but no, I agree, and it's one of those things where you know it's. I just think that it's more important. People talk about wanting to grow the sport, and then those same people don't want to give Manuel an opportunity. Manuel's grown the sport more than probably anybody at Worlds this year. He probably grew the sport more in his home country than anyone else across the world. All of South America, man. All yep. of South America. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, well, because... I mean, you couldn't be more true. If you went and really researched it, he has, like we all have, well, he has his enemies who, who, who will say a lot of poison about him and actually probably speak better English. And, and something is very true in life. He who is working hard has his head down and isn't necessarily lacing the internet with poison about him, about, you know, certainly not about himself. Yeah. He's, and he's had his head down working. He's a good guy. Yes. He's a He's real the, good guy. One of the good ones. I like to think of myself as a good guy. What was it? it Paul Dwyer messaged me the other day. Bryce, you go look at some this and that. It's on stories. And I don't even know where stories on Instagram is. I don't know how to get there. <laughs> Stay so, that no, way. Stay that, that way, Colin. Don't ever find out. Stay that way. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm not particularly vain. I don't particularly love to look at photos of myself or anybody else for that matter. You know, if we're going to make a few quid out of it, then we've got someone who does it and works on it. But I don't. I just don't. I don't actually think it's a horrible vanity project instagram there you go i've said it out loud but oh, no. <laughs> uh, but if people are going around putting wicked stuff out about me i don't I, unless someone told me i'd have no idea and i wish they wouldn't tell me because i'm quite happy to live in ignorant bliss because it's quite upsetting when you realize these what these wankers writing about you anyway. w- wankers all of them <laughs> Wank, wankers a lot 
Get out a lot of, of them. <laughs> but, uh, but moving on, Anthony, you have any more questions for Colin? No, I'm sorry. Me, me and Colin just took over Camby's podcast. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. But no, it was so badass. Like, oh, we sorry, learned there was yeah. plenty of good bits. But, yeah. but don't forget, this is the Strongman Winter Circle podcast. So we got to give back to some of our listeners, the up-and-coming Strongman, the next Giants of Tomorrow. Yes. Colin, in your opinion, is it better to be cocky or humble? In the sport of strongman. So, for example, you have humble guys like Big Z, Novikov, Nicholas Camby, myself, or be arrogant and be cocky like an Eddie, an Evan, an Oberst, an Anthony Furman. I, I was, I was, you know, you, you know what I said to you. Why didn't you, why didn't you say what I said to you on the phone? Mm, oh, that, that, was, that was back in December. You have to say it now, Nick. Here's what I said to you, Nick. I said, Nick, I said, if, you want to make the, if you want to make the crossover to the heavyweight division, you know, with unlimited weight, you absolutely have the ability, just as Anthony did when he did it. But to make it to the absolute top and get lots of invites, you really need at least one party piece. You know, you need to be the best log president in the world, the best axle president in the world. He's, the guy can't let the Hercules hold go. That's yeah. why Mark's there a lot of the time. You want to see something special. That's how you can sell an arena. You can't sell an arena on, eh, he's not bad all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's where, you know, and, and that's what I said to you. And I also said, how old are you? Are you willing to make that commitment? Are you willing to give up your job? Full-time training, full-time results. I think those, that, this is normal, normal should be like it most people because that's my experience in life. Um, and, and I think, Anthony, I, I still think, um, both you and Nicholas, rather. Uh, Nicholas is who I'm really speaking to here. Nicholas, I still think you can make it as a world-class heavyweight if you think you can make it as a world-class heavyweight. There you go. Do, do, I, want, do I want cocky? Uh, I want excellence. Excellence that I can package. No, if you went and pulled 600 kilos down the local gym uh, and you didn't tell anyone about it, what the fuck was the point of doing that? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> sport yes. in the, in the, even in its most basic form is yeah. showing off look at me look how good i am at this that is sport that's what sport is you know, unless you're just a, a miserable whatever who likes to grind out miles in the road running you know for my health you know really you're showing <laughs> off that's what you're doing right i like it yeah i like that perspective that's a good perspective. you gotta tell everybody why you're the why you're the best this is what we're taking show, show them the whole thing you know give you both and, and therefore Therefore, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, come, I, come to me in a package I can sell, and I'm happy. Back in the day, back in the day, I'll guide you. <laughs> back in the day, when I created the Flama Blanca character, that's part of what it was. It was something different that nobody was yeah. doing. You know, yeah. doing being happy and dancing after a big lift, doing the salsa, and that's Bring, people weren't doing bringing that. flamboyancy back to strongman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, strongman's always been Molly Camp. There's, there's no way around it. Strongman's ridiculous. You know, it's like, it's like we're lifting cheeses and wines and all this nonsense. You know, and and, and, and just muscles in general. It's got definitely got a hint of camp. You know, it's it's uh, so nothing wrong with a bit of dancing as well. In fact, right. I openly encourage all of my strongmen to have we want to avoid that you know that sort of genre of head banging heavy metal power lifter grungy gyms you know sort of and here he is in badly edited video footage lifting whatever i don't give a shit this is just awful it's an awful noise an awful oh, no 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 you gotta do you gotta do metal again because stranger things brought back metallica so now it's popular again 
don't get me wrong. In the perfect scenario, you, there's always room from I mean, Metallica. There's always room for Metallica. But I mean, you know, uh, even I don't mind a little bodies hit the floor. You know, I can have a bit of that too. You know, but I don't want to uh, yeah. have. Uh, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, you, oh yeah, you, I think I think everybody right here is picturing exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my 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 friend, old friend, came to the Royal Albert Hall a few weeks ago with a new girlfriend, and afterwards he said, "Mate." I was, she got really anxious before we went in. It's just a Royal Albert Hall, like the poshest place in the world. <laughs> and she was scared because she thought it was going to be a meathead crowd. Okay. Yeah. The average ticket buyer of a Giants Live ticket, she averages at 49 years old, and she's a she, by the way. Mm. There you go. Uh, that is fantastic insight to that. That's crazy. I would not have expected that, both those, the age or the gender. So you, you must... She transcends everybody because she has children. She has a husband, a boyfriend, whatever, girlfriend, whatever. She has a mom and dad, potentially. Normally, who she might have watched it with, often the most common stories, actually. I watched this with my dad as a young kid. And nostalgia is the most powerful thing on earth. And luckily, Strongman is rammed with it. Yeah. Yeah. You can watch old Strongman shows and just delight in them. You, you, know, you don't watch old, you can watch old baseball games from 20 years ago, but what do you really see? You don't see the haircuts, the, the style. Yeah, uh, speaking <laughs> of that, I still, I still laugh and get goosebumps. Like when I think, I think of, uh, what was it, Raymond Bergmanis back in the day with the, the little halo haircut he had when they were, uh, I think it was like 2002, maybe, 03, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. But I remember that's, <laughs> I, that will never leave my memory is him deadlifting with that haircut. You know, it's one of those things that's stuck in my brain forever. It's a fraternity. It's a sorority. Whatever you say, the sister version. You guys, you know. Uh, yeah. It, it's something that, that it's a, actually, it's a family is what it is. And once you get bitten by it, you know, and you go around it, you know, it, it's, yeah. I think it's a great family. I, I think, you know, I always think when people say, no, do you, you see what's on the internet, what people are saying about this and that, you know, and, you know, oh, have you heard what Anthony's up to? He's, he, oh, he's, he's doing this that against the phone. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. I'll tell you why. Because there's a few naysaying whisperers all over the internet. And I know, Anthony, I, I know how good a good man he is. I know what he's trying to do. And if, if he were to put on 100 shows, then I know, A, we wouldn't be competing anyway. Because there can be 10 premiership football games every single weekend and they don't compete with each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There could be 1 million strongman shows. And they well, I've been, I've been very clear with my thing is that I'm, I'm not competing with anybody. Right. And I'm actually, I'm trying to avoid looking like giants live. I don't want to look like you. I want to look like our own thing. So I'm trying to actively not do the same thing. I don't want to. Absolutely. New sport. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I'm basically, I'm tailoring the sport to lighter athletes to see what they can do differently than thank you that's what i'm thank doing. you because i you know the reason we started if it's a strong man that's night i felt a heavy burden of not helping the lighter categories daz obviously was a 105 champ just like you you fellas you know he's in the list i was a failed 105 uh, athlete <laughs> and a failed heavyweight funnily enough uh but i love it you know and it's i think it's so much especially the older categories I think when we started, I fancied myself coming back and winning one <laughs> until I realized the standard. It was brilliant. Uh, in fact, we must do an over 60 and an over 70. It's fucking yeah, mad. Just keep it going. Why not? <laughs> uh, why not? Why not? You know, uh, these guys are crazy, but um, it's fun. That is a real party weekend. We haven't pushed that. Like we pushed Giants Live. I admit that. 
But if these things don't build organically, then they can't build. So let's just see how that gets on. I think there's enough support. I'd love lots more Americans and Canadians to get involved in it until it becomes, you know, as big as CrossFit, I guess, because it's sort of on that model. And, and that's the best, kind of the best model for me because it's, it means it's self-regulating. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I don't want to get into, because I know you guys have real difficult problems with federations and stuff. I, I'm very much of the, I don't want anyone to go around calling me, you know, El Wapo, Big G's, you know, boss or anything and have no, lots of people handing you texts and, you know, no, no, no. I, I'd rather be actually the guy who's propping up these stars and let them shine and then put on a fucking great show. I love that. You know, when you rock the crowd and you take them through. Here, here's, here's my advice, Jantin. And this was, yeah. this was a guy, this is a guy who told me this uh, at my start of my journey. Um, he said he was, a, he was a award-winning theater director. And he came and watched one of the shows. I said, what did you think? Slightly cringing when I loved it. I loved it. But you'll never get five stars out of five if you don't have all of the elements. And the number one element that you manage to get, but it's, it's not quite, I can't imagine how you can get all this, humor. If you can get humor, drama, you know, uh, take them through the gears up and down. You know, if it can seem the impossible task at the end, but then it's achieved, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a sort of hero story, et cetera, et cetera. If you have an anti-hero, a hero, a bad guy, it sounds ridiculous. But without, but we have no way of writing the script in Strongman. Right. That's, that is, it's impossible. So we, we can only hope these characters come along. And actually, in Ed and Hapthor, for quite a while there, we had a, a, a great partnership. Yeah, well. you definitely <laughs> did have that. Um, Nick, you ask your next question. I got to let the dog out. She's sure. Yep. I'll be right back. You knew Colin, um, Colin, in your opinion, who is the strongest man that never won world strongest man? Oh, that's, you know, there's a bit of a thing. And I don't know. I don't know if you've had that as well. If you say that to somebody who hasn't yet won it, who's a heavyweight, it's like, <laughs> stop hexing me with that question. Are you thinking it's me? I remember saying that to Dave Austin. Hmm. And he didn't win it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I said it to Poundstone. Ooh. He didn't win it. So there is a bit of a hex thing about it for sure. I remember saying that to Poundstone. He probably is the strongest. That's At that nice. time, he came second. When he came second to Marius, I said it straight afterwards. I went, man, jeez. You should have taken your opportunity there. And shame. He'd actually done a favor for someone in the heats and twisted his ankle. That was what it was. He headed a favor for another American to get him to the final. I would say Derek Poundstone, in short, is probably the strongest man never to have won it. But there are other men who ha have extreme raw power who I, you know, it's always easier to pick someone fresh in your memory. Um, but Riku Kiri was bloody hell. That guy was terrifying. What, what's his name again? Riku Kiri. Ooh. Riku. Riku Kiri was, um, gosh, I think he was second at Worlds. Second or third at Worlds yeah, back in the nineties, he was he was a bloody strong dude. He bench pressed three hundred and thirty kilos. I mean, he was just a terrifying guy. Uh, but he was always he kind of lacked in in the smarts and and often got done over by the the Magnus Fair Magnuson, who was like a genius, you know, who figured things out. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the strongest per se, but uh, he was very clever, Magnus. O.D. Wilson, that dude was so wildly strong. Mark Henley. He certainly hasn't won the World's Strongest Man title. 
So maybe he is one of the men who is the strongest man never to have won it. Oh. How about that? Flip, flip that on his head. I, I like that. But yeah, Poundstone was my guess. But of course, I want to hear from the man himself. Yeah. Um, so- uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, I might go with Mark Henry because Mark Henry, you know, because he is the all time. Uh, Koklaev as well. He, he's mm-hmm. right, right up there. There's so many. Mark Henry, maybe the strongest man never to have won Well, strongest man. What about, did, I may, this may be me sounding stupid, but did Vasile ever win a world? Yeah, he won in 04. He, he did win yeah, one, he okay. Yes, he won in 04, okay. yeah. The last yeah. year of, of the IFSA. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. That's I remember that year. Now I and he And he gave us all a hint he was going to win it. The final event of 03, if you remember, where Marius had got like the biggest points lead in history just about. And then he absolutely annihilated him in the last event of Farmer's Walk. And yeah. he went, wow, that was impressive. <laughs> it was, what an athlete. And then he carried that on to the next year. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. right. He did come back. And yeah, that's pretty Yeah, cool. But, but Colin, let's, let's paint a scenario. Ooh. So Colin, you were born in the year 2000. So now you're 22 years old, looking to start lifting and pursue a competitive career in Strongman with the goal of eventually making it to Giants Live and World's Strongest Man. Knowing what you know now, what would you do in your first year to start your journey? So as, a, as an athlete, as a, a young go athlete. To te- go to tennis. <laughs> 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 and, and you won't be all fucked up like I am. And Anthony, how, 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 are you not hurting, Nicholas? Do you not hurt? Uh, I, I've had a couple injuries. That's why I haven't jumped up into the heavyweights just of yet. Anthony, do you hurt every day when you get out of bed? And what, do you walk down the stairs with your ass against the wall to help take the weight of your body? Colin, I have a prescribed cane. Oh. <laughs> I'll put it that way. You win. You win. You win. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, we're all we're all hurting. I think. <laughs> okay, I'm dumb enough. It's just me, and 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 forget forget the, the wear and tear of strongman. Yeah. yeah. I came across a study on the internet. You might find it. One in 20 contests, strong men of a high enough level basically suffer a major injury, muscle, muscle rupture, muscle, major muscle tear, broken bone. You know, that's, that's quite a that's, thought. That's isn't it? One in 20. Yeah. Much higher than any other sport, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> so I would say to him, I would say to him, learn about prehab because you never did any, Brycey. You never did any. You, you would train. You always trained probably uh, a little too hard because whenever I came back from injury, I was almost just as strong. That was the bizarre thing. <laughs> that was a weird lesson of how the hell am I almost as strong after an enforced rest? An enforced rest is remarkable. Um, yeah, I think uh, I would have had, if I was really going for it, I would have said, Colin, you're going to have to go for it properly. You're going to have to eat your way to 150 kilos, and you have no option. You could, you know, and that would be it. I would have done that um, if I was really going for the opens, of course. Uh, and I would have made a bloody big deal, just like I, you know, to someone like me, and said, "Listen, mate, whatever my strength was, I don't know what my strength would be in this scenario, my fantasy scenario. I don't know. Okay, here's one for you. Then no one ever put." I'm the greatest farmer's walker in the world. And there then, you, you know, put, up, put something on. I'm going to win. I'm going to be everybody. You know, probably this kind of thing I could have imagined myself doing, running fast, moving weights, you know, and then becoming that guy. Or, you know, I don't know, whatever. Just make sure you have something outstanding. And if you don't, 
than fucking than, than being than be friendly. Uh, and, and you know, I don't know. You know, you got to be fucking good to get picked. That's simple as that. I just wasn't. Good there it is, baby. Moment. So, so you're saying 22 year old Colin wants to get strong, man. You're saying, listen, bro. Be smart. It's the internet. Learn how to keep yourself from getting injured. Make sure you're getting big enough the right way. And make sure that you're good at something. <laughs> Anything. Make sure you're good at something. And, and World something class. Like really shit hot. <laughs> what, what, what would you say to yourself if you could do it again? I would say comp- I would have competed more often and stopped and partied less. That's what I would have done when I was 22. I started at 22, 23. So that would have been my main advice starting out. I would have done more I didn't think you were you a big party guy, were you? A little bit. I would say, for instance, like if I was spending all this money going out like Friday, Saturday nights in Boston, hitting the clubs, hitting the hitting the different Southie bars, I did spend a lot of money, a lot of time. And that would hurt recovery and all. Mm-hmm. So I'll do my, my strongman Saturday and then I'll go out and then I'll be dead on Sunday and Monday. And it would take me it take me some days to get, get recovered. So I think if I cut down on the partying, but also I was a young man, I had to go out. I had to. So, yeah, you're, the, you're the man you but, are today because of that. Yeah, the personality. So it's a double-edged sword, but I maybe would have picked my battles a little better uh, starting mm-hmm. out. I mm-hmm. I would do what, so what Colin said at the beginning. I would have focused more on bowling because I was a very good bowler. <laughs> <laughs> Were you really? I carried a 220 average in a league. Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> wow. I, I used to bowl as well. I, I, was, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I was in the bowling league there as well. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. You're from Erie. I'm I'm from basically Du Bois. Really? You serious? I'm not. Who? How can I invent Du Bois? Uh, you know, El County. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's... Were you, were you, what, were you uh, a wrestler? I did wrestle. I wrestled f- wrestle football and bold. Wrestled football and bold. That's sort of what I did. I did midget. <laughs> mid, sounds really politically incorrect these days. Midget football. Is that right? Is there something oh, called like, midget football? Like little league. Yeah, 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 yeah. We called it midget football. Yeah. It yeah, sounds the, a bit the, funny in, saying in, it now. In Canada, they have the midget leagues, which is like the kids' leagues. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not Probably. Canada. This was this was PA, man. This was this was near <laughs> down towards State College. Yeah. I, 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 I had, had no idea. Playing. That's that's pretty nuts. I was the heavyweight wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm like, like grade six, seven, eight, and nine together. I was I in the I being, was in the one eighty nine class wrestler. Same. Yeah, so I left when I was in grade seven, almost okay. into grade eight, and I was I was already the whatever you call it junior high. I was the junior high heavyweight wrestler, um, and I remember I think I made some um, regionals and sectionals, and then you go down state or whatever and yep, then yep. get annihilated by some grown man. <laughs> it's always yeah, dude. States sucked. Pennsylvania states were probably the hardest state wrestling championships out there. They were brutal. Yeah. They were brutal. I'm probably I'm probably full of crap. I'm not even maker states. I don't I certainly made a sectionals, regionals. I, I did ah. loads. I did. I did loads. Let's let's yeah. not get let's not the fact, get the facts get in the way of a good story. Anyway. Yeah. But Pennsylvania is what well, yeah top top one top wrestling states. Yeah. Um, Colin, in a in a podcast, I think right after Worlds, you were talking about comparing Tom Stoltman to twenty eighteen half year Beyonce. Do you believe mm. that twenty twenty two's Tom Stoltman would have beat twenty eighteen uh, half year Beyonce at Worlds this past year? Or in any contest. That's an incredible question. Do you? Uh, I think the 2018 half year Beyonce was unstoppable. He won. Yeah, I think there's all different. It doesn't matter what contest it was—a fast contest, a really heavy contest. He won them all. Um, And I I, I say I think that Tom can get there; that he can be an unstoppable force. But Tom doesn't win every contest he shows up to. Yep. Um, He's close, but he's not quite there. So I would say 
that Tom is was close to 2018, but maybe like 2023, 2024, Tom, uh, Tom Stolman will be that 2018 Hafer Bjornsson. Anthony, what's, what's, your, what's your thought? I think that 2018 Hafer Bjornsson is the greatest strength athlete that's ever existed and ever will exist until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah, I, I yeah. look at that year and what he did and how effort it was just you, it's something you don't see, mm-hmm. like just the way he did. In 2018, do you remember this penultimate event of the final? He went up against Kieliszkowski in what I dubbed one ton of fun, which was, which was this loading event, you know, just a smorgasbord of shit that you had to yeah. load on the course that never ended with a giant, you know, like horrible thing that actually Hapthor manhandled in the yard, this big safe. And everyone else was like, bloody hell, how are you going to lift that? Without Hapthor, Hapthor's arms. Except Kieliszkowski was the dynamite. He was, he was a gazelle. Yeah. He's a gazelle. Hope he comes back. And Hapthor went and duffed him up, you know, and that was, you, you know, Hapthor was breaking concrete slabs with his heavy feet. You know, but he yeah. fu- my God, that man could shift as well when he had to. He just annihilate. Hapthor in 2018, I will also give the nod to, is that Hapthor could, Hapthor could, if there was a hundred of the greatest strongmen in history and you ran every event, he actually wouldn't be outside the top 10 in just about anything. Yes. That's what made him so difficult to beat. He might've even been in the top five in, in, in 60% of the, all those things in the top 100 guys. And he might have even won as many as 30% of the events. You know, he was yeah. that good. But that final and, 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 and Tom Stoltman, in him that, 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 that weekend, I just saw something that was really... He did two, 200... The last way he did was, I think, two, four, five kilos behind the neck jerk. Yeah. And it, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a jerk. It was a push-press smile. <laughs> and that was it he just kind of smiled he's having so much pleasure out there it wasn't a grimace I just thought god that's unbelievable yeah. I, don't, I don't think Hapthorne could have done that to be honest I don't think he could have done that ah, fair I, point. I, I'm pretty sure he couldn't have done that and there's some freaky moments that Tom Stoltman does things you go what who remembers 2020 he's had a, a total he's made a right arse job of, of, of the Hercules hold cup last yeah which now with the overhead press, the penultimate event, five logs in a row, surely his chances are of doing anything are over. Jerry Pritchard's now in second. Uh, you know, Novikov's out in the lead. He goes and wins from last place. He goes out on his own. He does all five logs, including the 187 and a half or whatever it was. Last log. The only guy to do them all, you know, or certainly in an unbelievably fast time. He has talents where he shouldn't have talents. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Unbelievable. He too, like Hapthor, but I just don't, th- I think if he got everything together, you know, I, I just think he could be. I, I agree. I think, I think he flashes the same type of greatness that Thor achieved in 2018. I think he has flashes of it, and you're right. Once it's there, it's going to be there until he chooses it not to be there. Like, I, I and do he, and, and, his, and his stones, fellas, his stones yeah. are better than Hapsos. The times don't lie. We've got them all from yeah. exactly the same stones from, from Giants' lives. And, and Tom just kicks on. So if, so if you, you can say, if we if didn't have those, you'd say, yeah, but Hapsos was the king of the stones. Man. He was unbelievable on all those. Yeah, but actually on the same sets of stones, he wasn't as good. So it's not, not a huge difference, but he yeah. isn't. So I think he could have beaten Hapsos of 2018. Oh, he's sticking with it. I like could it. I have like it. 
But I gave myself wriggle room with 100 guys and 100 vents. So, you know, there wouldn't be many who could do that. <laughs> okay, okay, I respect that. I respect you sticking with the boy with that too. I think that's, I, you know, because I do agree that, my God, once he figures out, he still doesn't know how good he is, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever see how good he can be, actually. Because if he loses, he might lose interest. Yeah, and that's also a better not. Being autistic, he'll, his focus could be totally on something else, and that's it, gone. You know, he's not, he's not, he's not so interested anymore. But he's his, yeah, his frame is so big and solid. As, no, what the hell is that? That's, that's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> my eyesight's not really good. I'm like, what? No, I'm sorry, this is this is Aria. This is Aria, my kitty. All right, no one cares about your cat anything. Uh, your beard. Hey, let's. So, this is a common question. So, yes, from your experiences, so fill in the blank. Winners are blank, Colin. <laughs> when is our blank, Colin? What does that mean? No, fill in the blank. Fill winners in the are. Blank. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Win, winners are blank. Oh, winners, winners are happy. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to say adjectives? Yeah. yeah do, you just, want me to actually, do you want? Do you want, a, do you want more than one word? A profound statement? No, that's that, that's perfect. You just say usually. You I, would, I would say I would say winners are a mindset. You don't have to always win to be a winner. Okay, I like that. Love it. Like and then, uh, so yeah, since I don't want to take up too much of your of your time, um, so we have a, a strong man superlatives. So maybe we'll do a little bit of kind of a rapid fire. Yes. Um, but in your, in your parent in, in your experience. Who has been the smartest, most cerebral strongman that you've come across? Calm. It, it might be Mitch Hooper. Yeah, this guy's he, he's like the mother brain. I'm telling you, he's, he's oh, impressive. Big praise. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, our, maybe our next he's victim of our podcast. Yeah, we should have him on. <laughs> uh, absolutely should do. If, if, if I was to go guaranteed, I'd say Maggie Vare is the flyest guy I've ever met. Mm. He's, he's unbelievable. He, he's in the gentleman as well. A great brain. Anyway. And then when it comes to like fastest and foot speed and like fast twitch muscles, who's the fastest strong man you've come across? Oh, that's a maybe great explosive, explosive, maybe. Ooh, that's a good question. I would have to say, I think probably Thor and Strongman, but uh, uh, there would be other ones like he would maybe wouldn't ever see it from, but Yarek Dimmick. Yarek Dimmick did one of the most amazing ah, Dimmick, things. Dimmick, yeah. He did one of the most incredible things that sticks in my mind to this day, and I almost can't believe he did it. He 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 was totally cold, had a huge bag, you know, shoulder bag with a huge thing on his side, must have weighed, you know, a kit bag going into competition. It's morning, it's like 10 a.m. We're going, you're walking onto the competition field, you know, it's a grassy field. You've got a high railing right here. You know, like a big metal railing that the fans would lean against like that, right? You might put some advertising in. I'm do a quick interview with him. He's in his jeans. He he turned around and just two footed hopped over what had to have been had to have been like a, just a four, like a four foot high fence. I, I went what? what? What did he just do? Maybe higher. Maybe four and a half foot. It was a proper high big metal fence sticking. I, it was so impressive. I, I had to just. I, I still can't believe I witnessed it. You know, I mean, I've seen bomb slayers have yeah, some of the biggest vertical leaps. But I had the British bobsleigh vertical leap record, for, for at least when I did it. You know, it was, I think it was some, um, whatever, 91 centimeters. You know, this is like almost 30, I don't know, 35. I can't remember. That's a, that's a, that's a decent 35 vertical. inches yeah. or something. 
So when I looked at this guy and just did that in the cold on a wet, grassy field, bang, with this big, heavy bag. Uh, anyway. Uh, no, that's a good one. I like that story. Yeah. That. Okay, there you go. So, Colin, who, who was the hungriest or ate the most of all the strong men you have came across? Greediest would be probably no, me. Uh, the hung, the hungry, <laughs> hungriest man I've ever met. Uh, hung, hungry, hungriest, genuinely. Who ate? Uh, who ate the most? Like food wise. Yeah, oh, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I, I think Brian Shaw is quite a consumer of food. He's he's really quite something. But I mean, that sort of goes with the territory of being massive. Absolutely. Uh, I had I, I had Eddie Williams stay in my house for like a week, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he just, he ate like a bird. It was amazing. <laughs> such a lovely he, human being. He's such a good man. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, what an entertainer. You must get him to any show you're doing. Get Eddie Williams there. Because even yeah. if he doesn't win it, he will rock the crowd. I'll, I'll, see if he'll, I'll see if he'll do a concert for Clash, the concert, Clash concert series with Eddie Williams. <laughs> Mate, I'm telling you, he, he would love it. He's such a, he'll write you a song, compose you a song. Eddie, he's just, He's just up for fun in life. He's yes. really, you know, he's an unbelievable dancer as well. Yes. So I met, him, I met him back in uh, 2020, Arnold, Santa Monica. Maybe that was like when he came over. That's when I first met him. And I've been, I've, yeah, ever since I've loved him. Yeah. He's, he's charming as hell. Yep. Nicholas, he, were, you, were you a break dancer, Nicholas? I'm a pretty good dancer. I, I like to kind of move around, especially for back, back in the, those clubbing days. <laughs> I, I like a lot of the, more electronic techno music so yeah me too you know, me little, too Ooh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> i would say eddie did really well for someone coming off of short notice topping into that show so coming in like top five uh appreciate hey, he fucking won the hercules hold yeah that's <laughs> it's oh, awesome yeah. it was awesome so short notice that was awesome um he's a brute colin who's the funniest strong man you come across funniest wow these are great questions Oh my God! Who is the funniest? Uh, but, but there's a whole list of characters. I bet, like, Mar- like maybe Marius back in the day, it, one that comes off of my head. Marius Putinov. But you see, you see, you know, but you see, but maybe funniest on camera. Maybe, but you, of course, you see him behind the scenes too. Marius was all right. He, 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 he certainly didn't. I don't know. Wow, this is whoever I say, I'm not going to have done this justice. There are so many great characters. And part of Strongman is, is, is enjoying the endless hours yes. of storytelling and bullshit that you talk with your fellow pals on tour, you know. And, and um, you know, God forbid I ever have to, you know, be so professional that I can't be pals with everybody because it's, it's so much fun. I, I don't know, man. I, could you help, give me some help here. Who, who have you found? <sighs> Jeez, in terms of funny, I was say Anthony's pretty funny. Looking, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got to say I may be biased because he's a pretty good friend, but I think Martins is pretty freaking funny when you get when you get to talk to Martins when you get him going. Yeah, he's a great crowd around him. Um, Martin Martins is uh, he's just, pa- he's just Paul, he's Paul Dwyer. Boy. Paul Dwyer's hilarious too. Oh, Paul Dwyer's he's, he's a handful. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a great value. I remember when oh. I first met him at the Arnold South Africa in 2019, and I did. I spent about six hours that night doing the Brad Pitt Pikey voice from Snatch. <laughs> just, yeah. oh, how's your thinking, Bob? You want to fight for it? I want to fight for you. Yeah. Like the whole night. And he had, a, he had a blast with it. So he's my favorite funny guy. I don't know. You know, I, I, I guess I, I, I do actually get on awfully well with Darren 
uh, even though we're polar opposites, I find him, I find his the sort of polar oppositeness of us hilarious at times. And, <laughs> and he's also very, he can be very self-deprecating as well, which is, I like, you know, when someone can take the piss. Take That's the a good, piss, good comedian take. always hates themselves. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, geez, I'm, I'm trying to, oh, I, I find Oberst great fun. I, I can barely laugh at Oberst with the best of them. And I know you guys, might have different opinions on him. The, the ridiculous Probably because you were more, you were closer to being peers of his, you know, while as with me, he just had fun, you know. Um, I have nothing yeah. to say on the subject. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly that. You guys are much closer to your peers, yeah. really. It's different. So uh, so here, let's, let's we'll move on. Wait, about the most, who's the most nervous strong man? Was there people just in the corner break, just have in their heads in every Rabbit's business. Ravis Fidzis. Ravis Fidzis was, the, was probably the most neurotic. Um, I hate to say it, Hugo Girard, a world's strongest man, had certain neuroticisms, um, which is why he couldn't sleep and always, for a few years, turned up as number one in the world and never won it. Um, Ravis Fidzis, I used to limit to three questions a day. That's all he was allowed because it was just ridiculous. If yeah. he didn't, he would be, what is the farmer's walk handles? And what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm like, dude, man, you just got to mellow the out. You know, this is we're here for two weeks, man. You, you know, you. And he would he would start at 150 kilos and leave at about 130. He was just so neurotic. Yeah. Um, nervous. Oh, this, I mean, a few guys have totally shat the bed, you know, in the, when they get there. Because, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's always good. Some people are always going to be over aroused and some people are going to be under aroused and can turn it on, which is a much better thing to be. Um, I think, you know, like Terry Hollands was, was the polar opposite of that. He was always pretty fucking high school. And actually, he's a funny dude. Terry's a very yeah, funny yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry's, I like Terry a lot. He's also his pretty, yeah. Uh, Colin, very funny. The, who was the most, most successful outside of the sport of strongman? you've come across the most successful strongman well outside of strongman let's see how like, do you how would you measure success so for instance have having almost a, another career outside of strongman so similar to the, kind of like what eddie's doing getting into like movies getting into uh productions um putting himself out there um even like you can say he's a drunus getting getting involved with his local government owning supermarkets having businesses having gyms yeah um I would just hard, say- to, hard to know with Zadrunas. Zadrunas is some, you know, everyone has different characteristics. And Zadrunas isn't exactly the kind of guy who splashes money around. So you never quite know exactly how much Zadrunas is worth. <laughs> um, Magnus Samuelson is, of course, very successful. And Magnus Samuelson, um, he won Dances with the Stars. <laughs> he became um, Magnus, like Magnum PI. It was a series called Magnus. He was a police cop in Sweden. He, so cool. <laughs> even though Magnus, this is what, how one guy said it to me, a, a member of the public in Sweden. He, even though Magnus is one of the most common names, actually, in the Nordic countries, he became, Magnus became synonymous with him. The, he Sweden. became the Magnus. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's so cool. That's so cool to hear because you love to see it. All right, Colin, craziest, craziest strong man. Define crazy because there's fucking um, loads of them. Just turn turns red when they're about to compete. Let's say, um, just he's li- lively on on the field and outside the field and, and off the field. 
it was this not, so many not, yeah not criminally crazy fun crazy fun <laughs> okay thank you Anthony thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow um who could I mean in terms of who could become I used to say Johannes Arsho had the berserker gene mm. Johannes Arsho was really quite an ordinary human being like I would consider myself quite an ordinary six foot two, quite a big guy, but I'm not an, by any stretch of the imagination, am I an outlier like Brian or Thor? Like you fellas, if you went up to the heavyweight, you couldn't pretend to be, you know, breaking concrete slabs, the biggest, okay, you're you're just exceptionally pound for pound strong, right? And that was what, Johannes, but even in training, he couldn't quite do it, but then something went and he, some ancient berserker gene would go off at his head. And he, he's the only guy who really, his eyes rolled in the back of his head and he became some other demon. Mm. You had to be very careful of. Yeah, I, love awesome. that, I love that description. That's my favorite description of any strong man ever, I think, right there. So last one, mm. Colin. Who was the smelliest of all the strong men? Dave Austin. Dave Austin. I still, <laughs> smell, I still smell his goddamn, I will never um, wash these neoprenes because it's bad luck. Bloody neoprenes. They were awful. And they stank the whole place out. It was revolting. And like the smell is one thing that like it's in, it's entrenched in your memory. Like the smells come back to your memory as fast. So I imagine if you get it's, it's nothing that's what, good. That's luck. what just happened. You saw it in his face. His eyes smelled it. Like you could see it. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing good luck about stinking. It's just disgusting. You know, it's like, yeah. There you go. Oh, uh, okay. well, how about that's... you? Any, anyone else? Who's, you can't say anyone too recent. Smelliest. <laughs> hmm. Smelliest. I don't want to call out my. Smelliest. I don't know. Anthony looks smelly right now. <laughs> what is up with all this hay today, Nicholas? Dang. You just have a lot, just have a lot of hair. Dang. You're just jealous because <laughs> I can do this. I'm not jealous. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, you and Martins could go and do some samurai or something. We're, me and Martins, we're going to a Rammstein concert in September. You're going to a Rammstein concert? Yeah, yeah. We're going to go metal out, just mosh. Yeah, man. <laughs> do best. Yeah, I like a bit of Rammstein. Um, so, Colin, that, so that's all our questions. But, um, of course, pretty excited for the World Tour Finals. So we, I was looking at that right before the call. So a lot of big names coming to that. Ooh, but I'm I have a more question ex- for myself. I wrote down Rauno and circled it a bunch of times. And now I can't remember why. Because Rauno? You want to add, you, well, he, he won. The, he did the Masters record. Um, do you, oh, yeah, two things. Do you think that he had five, f- over the record in him? Do you think he had five of five in him, I think, if he really wanted it or no? Because it looked that, that, I mean, his last lift looked like the best lift of the competition, like in general, like the, everything was perfect. I, I would say, it, it, well, he couldn't anyway, because I think he slightly hurt. His, he was scared about his hamstring. Okay. But, he, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's you know. That's a big. That, that, you, you go pull, you know, back, remember back to the days when you, you were, you know, first did, I don't know, 276. And then you went, oh, 305. That's a big old jump, you know. Yeah. But having said that, you, you know, crazy about that. I don't think he could have done it. No, I really don't. Maybe okay. 385, 390. Some people, just, you know what it's like. Some people just pull fast. Yeah. And it's yeah, over and done true. quick. And then it goes once it hits that point. It goes. It's gone. Terry Holland's been like, wow, for two so, kilos more. What? Yeah. I actually made it. I made a point. I was telling people, like, I don't think people understand how much of Eddie's life that record consumed. Like, he, oh, yeah. he's, 
And then Thor, we're just never, we're not going to have another Thor that's going to be able to just do that whenever he wants. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so until yeah. we until we get somebody that's willing to give up two years of their life, I don't know if we're going to have that it's, record. It's not even I that mean, they got to be Thor. Sorry, I was going to say they got to beat Eddie's and Thor's training numbers. We haven't seen anybody beat those type, type yeah. of training numbers. Like uh, we were talking about before uh, before you hopped on, um, Eddie hit like 400 kilos for five beltless. Yeah, Thor did uh, 450 kilos 990. Uh, for four tr- prior to his record, so like you see these huge <laughs> numbers, but yeah, like they exactly. gotta be, they gotta beat those training numbers before we have we can really say this they're legit in terms of being close to the record. Yeah. Uh, and then we just saying about Rano, uh, I think Rano did his best best he can given his age, given his injuries, and coming back. I think he it was he, solid he max max potential in terms of what he could do that day. He did it. Rano's a Rano's a crazy dude, man. He he was he, he's been pulling pulling his hamstring off the bone more than once and he's been doing it for years and he's been pulling massive weights he biomechanics are, are a great thing he's definitely got those on his side he's got yeah. fast twitch i don't think he's the guy for 505 if i'm honest makarov should have done it i think he choked a wee bit he pulled it a bit funny his, he had he was looking big man he he'd he'd expanded the operation he was looking chunky yeah. um but maybe he's just not the guy. Some people just don't have the X factor. And I hate to say it because he's obviously right up there as the number one in the world. Yeah. But if you don't, some people just aren't born to do it, you know, and that's the way it is. I don't want to say, uh, I mean, not jinx him. I'm just in general. I actually think Evan Singleton could have been, could be much better and even have been much better on the day, the way he pulled for him. If he didn't wear big daft shorts uh, and, and, and the, as soon as he hit the shorts, he stopped pulling. And I don't think he's figured that one out yet. You're like, dude, just change into some tights. Oh, because he wears, yeah, he, he still wears those stupid neoprene even when he deadlifts. So on the thousand and then pound- it goes over the neoprene, hits his skin, and then he's got like neoprene shorts that are the chunkiest ones I've ever seen. Yeah. Are they talking seen- about the thousand pound pole he did on yeah. that on the thousand attempt? Yeah, he got, he got stuck right there. I, I usually would recommend wear, sometimes not wearing those neoprene shorts, but wearing regular shorts, chalking them mm. up a little bit, and then using that to slide up the leg. Put a pair of leggings on. Like, uh, you know, yeah, slick leggings. True. I mean, it's... A phone up Rob County. You know, get, get, get me some down here. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> no, I, th- I think there's a lot of guys with potential to to get close to it. But again, like you said, I mean, when we're talking about myth, we're talking about the, the, the 12 uh, trials of Hercules here. We're talking about, you know, lifting of carrying an ox three miles. It's the same type of mythological strength level. It really is. Hey, you, you know, this is, this is one fact about that. I think... But when you say it out loud, you suddenly appreciate it. You go, do you know why he, six and a half percent on a world record in one day when I did it, right? But in reality, when Bob Beeman did his long jump, there was nothing limiting him. He could extend as far as he wanted. When you choose a weight, you can go no higher. And actually, for although history, a deadlift has a huge history. I mean, a really long history of deadlift. You know, whatever his name is, you know, German and and then whatever these kind of guys in time. Cyclops pulled this, and you know, you go back in time. To, you know, through the Olympics, there was deadlift and whatnot, but, um, and loads of people. But actually, creating that system that allowed them to keep going heavier and heavier instead of just three lifts was vital. The suits made a big difference. Yeah. We all know that now. They didn't to begin with the shirt. Moment erector briefs and a shirt or whatever didn't do much you know and the straps have made a big difference of course because everyone suddenly got a one inch longer arm (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and and they can stay relaxed with actually extra relaxation in the shoulders really you've got an inch and a half um so yeah 
how much better are the guys now than the guys who were only pulling the 400 kilos when I started, you know, the very, very top men? Um, I don't know. I just don't know because they didn't necessarily have the same system of, of to get the best out of them that, that we've created. That's true. Yeah. I, I think Mitchell Hooper could do it. I think, I think of all the names we've listed, even, even Rauno could probably just about do it. I don't know if his chassis is big enough for the, you know, the, the engine needed to, to go in there. I don't know, but he, he might well have maxed out. All right. Hey, thank you for answering, Michael. I was sitting there the whole time like, why do I have Rauno circled? What did I want to ask? <laughs> oh, I mean, how heavy could Hapthor have gone? If it was a Bob Beeman event, we would know. He would yeah. have just carried on flying. That's true. Hapthor might have done 520 that day. Who knows? If he caught a win, 510 anyway. 100%. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So, all right. Cool, I mean, cool. Hey, here's one. Am I wicked? Am I wicked for saying Hapthor is the heaviest lift ever? And Ed's is the heaviest lift in competition. Is that unfair, by the way? No, that's 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 pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think it's a I think it's a fair separation. But also, I think that how do I say this? I understand. Criticize away. If you, well, don't worry. I'm I, under, I understand. I understand people's point that it's not like Eddie did a fucking competition after that. He did the same thing essentially. He lift. He did the deadlift, and then that was it. So I understand that, and I and I do think that. I think they're similar. And any, I mean, if, if anything, I think that Eddie had a more more benefit because he had that crowd. If you say uh, this is the interesting thing, right? Have you watched Mitch Hooper's most recent video? The, the one on his YouTube page or from which? Yeah, video? it's on his YouTube page. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched his last one. He was basically, why didn't I pull five hundred five? And his answer is. Go watch it. There you go. Go watch it. We'll, we'll, we'll tee up Mitch Hooper. Now he'll be off, please, because he'll get all of your viewers, and then you can come on here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> go watch Mitch Hooper's right says, now. In short, he says, I was shocked how difficult it was running to the rhythm with such a big crowd, and it's quite overawing to go out there and pull a local meet or whatever is the perfect kind of environment, as it were. Um and obviously, I guess you could call Hapthorns a local meet <laughs> it was, if you wanted to make it more of a competition. Than it. It was, I don't know if anyone else pulled in it, but I don't think so. Um, but it's difficult. But you must always respect Hapthorn for putting the heaviest weight, as he has done. Okay. Uh, simple as that. Uh, I think, um, yeah, just, just to answer anyone, you know, to, I've got nothing against Hapthorn. Hapthorn, I hope one day to be friends with him again. I hope so. Be nice. This was like this podcast is chock full of insight and healing, and this I really enjoyed this past hour and forty five. This has been a good one. He'll he'll half fair will come around. He'll, he'll come to his senses. I think every I think everybody's going to eventually come around once the emotions die out because emotion cloud sound judgment on everybody. Everybody on earth that's ever had an emotion, it's clouded their judgment. I I, th- I think actually I went to lockdown and I was I was you know it was pretty you're a promoter. You, you, you'd like to be in charge of your own world. That's who you yeah. are, you know, <laughs> and you're used to that. Suddenly having clamped, you know, shackled, it was unbelievable. And then kind of, um, the, obviously the boxing thing happened and no one had taken the moment to kind of call me to say, hey, Brycey, we're b- rolling out all the old shit again. With, where you, <laughs> It says things like, you and Colin Bryce cheated. Man, we shook hands over that. We actually, sh- Hapthor and I shook hands over that that night in Botswana. It was, it was over then. And uh, he came to you, strongest man, straight after, if you remember. And, yeah. and he always, he, his line was, oh, I want to be the bigger man. I thought, yes, absolutely. You are a big man for doing that, Hapthorne. Thank you for accepting me as the ref. And 
And I'm there to serve you. I remember saying that to him. I'm here to serve you. I'll leave if you want me to leave. And he said, no, no, Colin, don't. That was the night after the, the, the double dip gate. Yeah, double dip gate. I'm still and it was that. nothing. And, and because that, then, of you, I got in an argument with one of my promoters about double dipping on a Viking press. So thank you, Colin. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I once managed to cheat my way to, to beating Glenn Ross in a Viking press double dipping because I had, I had a kilt on and he didn't. You couldn't see my legs. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how much of a difference it makes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Glenn Ross was a great presser. I was one of the world's shittiest presses, and I did him. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Wear, wear a, kilt. a long kilt. Wear a long kilt. You can get double dipping on a Viking press. So, yeah, man. Anyway, but Habsborough and I were pals. And when, when that, all that came out again, it brought out terrible. It was a sort of pick your sides moment. And I was had nothing else to do but sit around and go <laughs> help my pal make a video to clear my name. I thought, fuck this. And I wish I hadn't. I wish I just, yeah, it was, it was an ugly series of events and they were hyping a fight. And it's. <laughs> You got it's caught up. You got caught up. You got caught up in the emotional side of it. Got caught in the middle. Well, that, I just didn't. It shouldn't have involved me. It shouldn't yeah. have involved me. In the end, Eddie was fighting for my honor or something. I, well, I don't know what the <laughs> that was all about. I didn't ask for this, and I don't. I just want to be pals to everyone. Leave me that out of this, please. This is ridiculous. I didn't. I, I did refereeing rules. I refereed for everybody. It's ridiculous. Anthony, this is what you got to look forward to. You're going to have a boxing match in your name one day. I'll fucking fight my own boxing match. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look forward. I, I hope people challenge me. I'm a. I like fighting, so I hope people challenge me to a fight. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind fighting. You know, 15 years ago, but <laughs> I don't fancy a fight now. To be honest, I'm a lover, not a fighter, and I, I didn't particularly it's want to weird. be a part of any of that. I generally honest. am. A, I am a lover too, but I love throwing fists. Meet <laughs> <laughs> mate. When I was young, I was a nightmare. Absolutely the same. But I, I, I'm, I'm, oh, Connie must have mellowed now. No, how old are you now? I'm 34. Okay. Yeah. So, I, no, yeah I, I, I'll be honest. I don't fight anybody. I just want to. But nobody ever wants to. <laughs> like I don't go out well looking for a fight. The Marines, right here. No one wants those 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 ones and twos. Those I got fists. big hands too. I I wore the same size MMA glove as Brock Lesnar. So I'm just I just want to say that you have got big hands. Put it inside of your head. Yeah. There's some big ass hands, aren't they? That's why I could do 190 kilo farmers at 105. Does it ever feel like Mark Felix is touching yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dude's hands dwarf mine i'll tell you I, I, I remember shaking his hand and i was like god i thought i had a big hand he's got big ass hands I mean, jesus he's got big hands it's unbelievable he's such, he always gives these people such a soft handshake as well which is great because he you know he's not like oh you have to you have to give everyone a stiff handshake I remember when you might feel he'll crush your hand my he first you a gentle one to be nice my first uh handshake with him was like 2019 at the spd dinner at the arnold and I remember he had the softest hands I've ever felt. And I was like, Mark, didn't you just set a Denny Stone World record? He goes, yeah, because my hands are so soft, they never hurt. I was like, all right. Well, yeah, he's you're probably, both, probably both, a little but... more quieter, but I was like, yeah, this, they're good. <laughs> he's such a no, he's just, I was making fun of him. And he was just like, yeah, I like him soft. <laughs> all right. But Berg Manis had, Berg Manis used to file his hands constantly because of the Olympic weightlifting. Softer yeah. the hands, the, the less likely they are to tear. The, I have I have a hand care video about shaving your hands. That's that's half the game. You can't you can't can't rip calluses like that during yep. mid meet. Shaving your hands that, that that's like an old wives' tale in Britain for something else. Really. <laughs> for, for, for fury, too much masturbating as a young boy. You end up growing hairy palms. Is that just oh, the werewolf? Thing? The werewolf. Thing. No, I've, I've heard that word before. <laughs> Nicholas just saving. <laughs> hey, listen, Colin. Nicholas's mom is watching. He can't be talking about masturbating. 
I am sorry, mate. Sorry, it's all right. She, she watches everyone, but it's a, it's all right. Uh, Mar- she loved the Martins episode. Good. Last cut, week. cut this out. Was Martins? Was he rude, Martins? No. No, but he was like, he was like Martins. Like, what gets you motivated? What gets you out of the bed every morning? He goes your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh no, not Michelle. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. But but Colin, hey, hey, hey Martins' mom's not. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna talk about hot moms. Tell you what, she's like a super we mom. have learned a lot in this podcast. <laughs> we have learned so much. The hottest mom and straw man, Martins. We have Colin's not best friends with Eddie. Colin <laughs> loves that Thor's deadlift. This is a good podcast. Uh, hey, don't get me wrong. I do like it very much. Just like I like you fellas. You know, it's just, but, you know I'm not boozing buddies with people right, anymore, right. so much anymore. It's just not, I'm an old guy. You know? I'm right. not friends with anybody. When you get old enough, you're not friends with anyone anymore. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Your acquaintances, you know. <laughs> uh, but for all our listeners, make sure you check out the World Tour Finals October 8th in Glasgow. That's going to be a lineup of Titans there. And then I'm excited for the November 26th in Liverpool, the America versus the UK show. I think the, I don't know, I think if Team America puts their strengths together and, and executes correctly, they could win. But the UK lineup is a little more stacked given the usually um, I always said, like, if you ever watch the real, real world rules challenge, which is an old MTV show where they always pair men and women together, the, the teams that had the stronger women's always worked. And then this situation, you have Donna Moore, Andrea Thompson, Rebecca Roberts, three women that have all won world strongest woman. So you have a pretty stacked lineup there. So I, my, I hope the America wins, but I think you can. That's a great insight. That's a very interesting insight. Yeah, I don't, I don't we, think America stands a chance in that comp. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think I think it's I think it's certainly I think the UK is definitely going to win that one. Just, just so you know, I mean, Oberst and Eddie are going to probably compete in one event. I figured uh, I figured as much. Well, what events would you like to see? What do you think the Americans would be particularly competitive in? Well, you you want to see the like their strengths, right? So you want to see Oberst uh, pressing, and you want to see Eddie deadlifting. Yes, yeah, yeah, but not those two. Talk about the others because the, those two have certain limitations, obviously. Mm, but, so, are we, are we are we picking the events? I think. No, I, help me, help me out. I want to hear it. So, here's what I think. I think that's you have to do something that will incorporate both genders on the same event. So it's almost a tag in, tag out. So, like for example, mm-hmm. have a long medley where each member has to do a certain portion of it, and they can pick and choose, or one member could do two parts of it if they have to. But it's up to the team captain to decide how they're going to do it. Absolutely. This, 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 this is very much along the lines of what we've been do- creating. And, Go on, give me something. Give me a juicy one. Maybe, and, maybe, maybe well, I can I'll just say a, an Anthony Furman event. So, so, I, oh yeah go ahead nick go ahead nick i'll just say a quick rule like all, all like for instance a competitor can only do like three out of maybe like five or six events right so you have to really pick and choose the strengths of each one i think that's important that i like the idea of every so i like the idea of having events where it's multiple disciplines in the same event so that for example like a medley make it a, a make it a press deadlift medley or 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 you know carry mm-hmm. into into a press into a drag where they can tag in and out um user strengths in again they all have to for, but they get penalized if they tag in so they have to be they have to be like 50 feet at, at the start line so mm-hmm. if they have to tag in the guy has to come back 50 feet to them then they have mm-hmm. to go tag in so of course it helps you because it's a fresh athlete but it takes time so now they have to game plan and you're forcing strong men and women to think Instead of just going out there and lifting, I think that was make this a fun team event. And then lastly, would you would you put maybe like two or three people on a deadlift bar? Would you would you do that? No, probably not. No, that 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 for me is 
I think there's certain things that that are teamy that, that actually were not. It's more. It's more like um. I guess if, you, if the Ryder Cup, they still just play golf, you know. Yeah. And I think we've got to be careful of actually looking at this as like teams doing the same thing at the same time. It is the yes. more of the tag in, tag out. People can get injured badly trying to pull 800 and something kilos together, you know. And I think, um, yeah, I don't think that's particular. Maybe something like Farmer's Walk we've been playing with where you could have, you know, kind of like the old rickshaws in China or whatever, you know, oh, you or the other way around. You could do a giant, a giant frame carry, have like f- two sets of handles per frame, front and back. Yes, you could do if it was a nice high off the high high off the ground pickup. You're not going to get any bad injuries there. You yeah. shouldn't do. That's interesting. How would you incorporate the female into that setting? So I feel like the females you have, they, you have enough tall females where it kind of counterbalances. It won't matter as much because they just won't pick the shorter ones to be on so that you, event. Two men, two women on it. They pick their corner. Yeah, and start moving. Interesting. Yeah, but, I mean, there's lots of things. Definitely lots of things you could do. I mean, you could even do things like t- total tonnage, you know, where you're going out and lifting something. You have op- different options to lift different weights. Yep. And then you've, per team, you could get a total tonnage scenario. And if, you ha- if it's obviously forced into a time uh, situation, you know, you've got three minutes, then, you know, whatever. Big Tom something, comes out at the end and lifts as many else as you, stones, you know. Something else you could do, Colin, I think would be fun. Let's say before the event, you give each team a, a list of 10 events, right? Mm. You can, and the cool thing about this is each team gets to pick one event off a list and one of their people to go head-to-head with someone on the other team. Now, whoever wins that event gets double points for that event. It's called the ringer. So, for example, you know, for, like, broad thing. Eddie's like, oh, well, we're going to do a deadlift because I'm awesome at deadlifting. So he picks a deadlift but goes out there and all of a sudden somebody out deadlifts him. He loses double points. Gee, that's a nice twist. I didn't Strategy. Even that one. Strategy, Strategy, right? I, if you do that, credit where credit's due. That's bloody good, mate. Where do you think that one from? It's plans for the future. <laughs> no, but is, is that like something you used to play with your with your pals? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, so this just it's a little bit of an element I've seen in different uh, like CrossFit team events, Grid League team events. I've kind of taken. I've seen game shows. You know, the big game show thing. NFL. You know, you ch- you challenge. A call, you lose a timeout if you fucking lose. I like that, having mm. a stake in the game. So I'm trying to incorporate a lot of ideas from professional sportings into our thing. Very much. That's, that's, that's interesting. It's interesting. I'll, I'll play. When's this, when's, this coming, when's this podcast on air? I guess I forget that great idea. Well, I I, I'll, I'll put it on today. <laughs> yeah, I'll be up today. Any other pearls of wisdom? Pearls of wisdom? I don't know. I think just incorporating... I. I would love incorporating a 105 champion in your team. That, that's what we should have done. Yeah, that, on each side, that's that, that's a great a great one. But I do want to see. It would be really cool to see kind of like a Bobby Thompson. Um, Tom I'm just Coleman saying. I'm just off. saying. If Camby wins this year and is two time champion, me and Camby need to head up teams for the following year. Yeah. Well, how we we're both Team America. <laughs> no, I don't know. Team Fama Blockhuffers, Team Bitch Boy. I don't know. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can get started now. I'll promote it now. <laughs> Who's who's won more head to heads between you two? Uh, Anthony, but uh, I think it's like it's, it's five and one. I he Anthony peaked a little earlier than yeah, I. I'm actually uh, really jealous. Later, I'm jealous that I wasn't at the peak when he was at his peak because that would have been epic for the for the for the weight class. Sure was. So we both kind of peaked. Who back. was who was better? Who's better in terms of at their peak? 
Well, Anthony said Anthony admitted after America's Strongest Man last year that um, he gave me a lot of praise and he compared himself. Yeah, his the package he put together last year. Yes, last year for ASM would have. I mean, I think if he if that day if that can be exists every time we compete, I think it's a 50-50 who wins. But it's it's also tough too though because I got to watch a, a lot of the trial and tribulations of what Anthony did and, and and put that towards mine. So if like for instance, if we weren't friends or anything like that, so if I, if Anthony didn't go through his peak, I might not have gone through his peak because I learned a lot of his mistakes and stuff like that and, or, and learned a lot of his successes. So I took a lot of the things, but living vicariously through Anthony really helped me. So like it's it's tough. It's also really tough to compare them in that. And section, now I'm but. living vicariously through Candy because I can't really compete anymore. <laughs> Is your your knee crunching bad? Is it? uh, Yeah, it's pretty bad. I um, well, I mean, we'll see. I have a couple things I'm going to try still, and if it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, I'm I'm do I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Do you get? Are you retired from the army? Did you manage to get your retirement? Yep, I'm retired. Um, This way, as official here, living my best life. Yeah, I did my time. They took care of me. Now I'm just giving it myself to straw man completely. My my my. my, Someone's phoning on my wife's phone, I think. Well, this is the best. We, can, we, stay on this call. we, can, we can close it there, but Colin, thank you for coming on. Um, of course, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and follow Colin on the Giants Live and check out the new shows. And until next time, stay strong.